Well, my uh, title, the title of my sermon is Sure, S-U-R-E, and of course there's S-H-U-R, and the, the, the definition of S-H-U-R is S-U-R-E. <laughs> I looked that up, that's what it said. You know, I, was, I, I put sure down and I thought, well, that's not spelled right. And I looked up, I looked up in a dictionary S-H, uh, on the internet, S-H-U-R-E, and, and, and it said the definition of S-H-U-R, I don't know if I had an E or not. S-H-U-R-E, the definition of that is S-U-R-E, sure. <laughs> so, um, being sure of something. You know, um, we have, at Christmas time, we have our wish list. And uh, I don't know if you have one or not, but it's, it's like if nobody has your list, then you make your own, go buy it, and put it on the tree for yourself. All right, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and put whomever's name on it, you know, so... But sure is a safe, the one, one definition is sure is safe from danger or harm. So whenever, whenever I think of our, our faith and our relationship with Jesus Christ, I think of it as sure. Now, if I said, you know, oh, you know, everyone's invited this afternoon at 3 o'clock to, to come to our house. And I say, who, who, is everybody coming? And you go, well, sure, you know. And sure is like... Well, you know, we'll try and be there. You know, if everything, the stars align, the snowstorm doesn't come, and, you know, the tulips bloom and the daffodils show up, I'll be there, sure. <laughs> so most of the time we think of it, you know, think of the word sure in that, in that context, or at least I do. Um, there was this uh, preacher who was, uh, this is a joke, okay? There's this preacher who, um, uh, he, he was a gambler. He'd always go to the horses, watch the, you know, bet on the horses. And he had been there all day at the track, and he'd lost almost everything. Then he noticed that there was this Catholic priest, that he would go down, and before the horses would get in the gate, there was a certain horse or whatever, he would pray and bless them, and they'd get in the gate, and they won. So he's watching and watching, sure, sure enough, sure, sure enough that the, the horse, he, you know, that he anointed whatever would win. So he, got, he went to the bank, he went down, you know, in those places I guess you can get there and get, withdrew all of his money, and he watched the priest do the, the blessing again. You know, he touched his forehead, his nose, and all the hoofs and stuff, and, and, and he goes and he bets all of his money on his horse. Halfway around the track, the horse dies, just falls over dead. And he went to the priest and he says, well, you know, I saw you doing that blessing, and, and, you know, they won, and this one died. He says, that's the trouble with you Protestants. You don't, know the, you don't know the difference between the prayer of blessing and last rites. <laughs> so, a sure thing. <laughs> you, know, we, we, you know, when people come to you, this is a sure thing. You know, we want, to, want you to invest. You say, no way. <laughs> no way am I going to put my money on your sure thing. So, the word sure also means firmly established, steadfast, uh, meaning a sure hold. Uh, reliable, trustworthy, a sure friend. Uh, marked by or given to feelings of a confident certainty. I'm sure I'm right. Characterized by a lack of wavering or hesitation. It's sure, a sure brush stroke. Well, what I think of, and, and we're looking at the scriptures, whenever God has given us a promise, and that God has, you know, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a sure thing. 
Um, people often tell me, well, I, whenever, you know, especially in hospice, people are saying, well, I hope I, I, hope I get to heaven. And I said, well, you know, there, there's no hope involved here. It's a sure thing <laughs> that if you confess, you're saved. You know, you're, you're forgiven. And it's a sure thing that Jesus is with you. And that, you, you know, it's, it's, it's not a, well, I hope he shows up, you know. No, it is a sure thing. And it's, it's, sad to, it's sad whenever I deal with clergy and um, how that they are approaching the end of life and they all use the words hope. I sure hope. See, those two words don't go together. <laughs> the hope that they are referring to is a wishful thinking. So what they're saying is it is a... It is a um, established wishful thinking that I have. <laughs> I have an established, firm foundation of wishing that it happens. <laughs> and so whenever we pray and whenever we're asking God, we don't, we don't pray with that, yes, I believe God can do everything, but I don't want to be disappointed, so God, according to your will. <laughs> so See how we kind of fly, turn that around? And what we do is we pray for, pray for what we, we sense or need or feel is important. Now, one of the things I think that is so limiting is that we pray and we ask God for what we think we need, right? But in reality, why can't we pray for what we need and how that what I'm needing, if I have abundance of it, I know who else I can help them out. So I am praying not only that God bless me, but God would bless me in a way that I can take care of them. Anybody hear what happened at Walmart in Bedford? What happened in the Walmart in Bedford? People who don't know? Tell us. Yeah. Somebody walked into Bedford and told, they had them total up all the layaways, and they wrote out a check for 46000 paid them all off. So if God had led you to Bedford to lay on way, layaway, you would have had all your stuff paid for. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, everybody's going to, their business is booming. They're laying away everything down there. Yeah, you might come back. But you see what, what happens? You know, somehow he has an excess, he or she, had an excess to go and bless somebody else's life. And, and I think of how that what we have, we bless. Now, we all, I mean, I know, you know, I know the, the prayers, you know, God, you know, the lotteries, it, I don't know how many million now, but it's always something. And, uh, you know, whenever it's up to $250 million, I say, God, you know, I could use that. And I could pay off the church. I could bless these people. I could do this. I could do that. Well, what about the $2.50 you have in your wallet? Well, I can't use that. <laughs> I can't, you know, what good is that? You know, I, it's hardly, I can hardly take care of what I own for $2.50. But you see, what happens in a famine is that we, we, we hoard. In Africa, we would send seed to uh, some of the countries that were totally devastated by droughts and no, you know, no food and things like that, we would send seed that was specifically coated 
to protect the seed from insects and, you know, being non-appealing to birds, you know, and the, the, taking the seeds out of the ground. We would plant, we would send that over there for them to plant. And what the people would do is they were so starved that they ate the seed. <laughs> and they got sick and some of them died. You see, when we have a little, we don't see how much it's worth. Because if we're not thankful for our $2.50, we're not going to be, we're not going to be thankful for $250 million. We're not, You see, we are, God wants us to be grateful for what we have. Attitude of gratitude, you know, thanksgiving, that we give thanks to God in all situations, good or bad. Because in the bad, we are giving thanks to God that he will give us the strength to go through it because we're expecting something good. <laughs> you know, we, our expectation is always for something good. It is a sure thing that when God has blessed us and God has given us a promise, that his promises are going to be fulfilled. He says, trust me. <laughs> Jesus says, trust me on this. Don't be like the man who's driven with the wind and the waves and tossed. You see, driven by the wind and waves is that anything that comes wrong just blows us off course. You know, any problem that comes out wrong, we, we, we drowned. You know, we're just overwhelmed by it. But in reality, there is not anything that is, comes to us that is not as common to man. That these are the normal, common things, just abnormal to me, <laughs> abnormal to most of us, but whenever we run into them, God is still there. The God of the green pastures is the God of the valley, of the shadow of death. The transition, the place of dying out to one thing, it's not necessarily somebody dying physically, but dying out to a problem, a situation, changes and transitions and things that we don't like. We're, we're, play, we're praying and asking God to help us transition through these changes. So we're dying to something but coming alive to something else. So the same God of the green pastures and the still waters is the same God of the transitions. It's just that when I give thanks, I am, I am thanking God for where I am but I'm also thanking God for the wisdom, the strength, the ability, whatever I need to get through this. I, I like this, uh, the, the idea of when the children of Israel came to the Red Sea, that they crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground. But when they got to the other side, the sea came back together. And, and, and we know, well, they killed all the Egyptians and all that. But more importantly, that their enemies of their past were destroyed. But more importantly was, they can't go back. <laughs> you can't go back to where God has delivered you from. You know, to really get back there, you got to get your own boat. You got to, you know, you got to row across the sea. You got to get there. You got to walk back. You, you got, you know, go tell the people that I know you, 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 you guys want me as a slave, and I've come to volunteer. <laughs> you know, so we're we're not doing that with our life. We're not going backwards. We are sure of our future. Jesus has died for our future. He died for our past and our forgiveness and, and restoration, restored us and brought us to this place of friendship, fellowship, oneness with God. So he's not only gotten rid of our past, he has established a sure and 
He is a sure and present person. <laughs> he is there every moment of every day, and he has a future plan for us. He has a future planned. If God didn't have something in mind for your future, you'd be dead. <laughs> and how many are dead? Thank you. Don't see anybody. You don't see any hands. <laughs> the word sure means bound to happen, inevitable. <laughs> sure is bound to happen, inevitable. Did you know Christmas is bound to happen? <laughs> ready or not, it's going to come, it's going to go, and ready or not, it's coming. And so it's bound to happen, you know? And the, it's bound to happen that the sun is going to set tonight and it's going to be dark. It's bound to happen. <laughs> Those are our sure and certain things. But you know, our sure and certain things of our faith, uh, that God is going to... What are some of the promises that always go over in your head? You know, any, any, any promises go over in your head? That God is going to provide. Yeah, God is going to provide for all my needs according to his riches and glory. And so in God's riches and glory, he's going to give to me and I can give, give me enough that I can give away, you know? All right, come on, I've got to make more of my sermon. Who else has other things? <laughs> tomorrow. He's guaranteed us that we have a future, <laughs> you know? He's going to be with us for tomorrow. Others. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm never alone in this. And God is going to bestow us with blessings and his health, you know. Give us peace of mind and heart. We have a good attitude with good health. Come on. Any more? I can. I can. I got my I can here. I still have it. <laughs> Did you see this? This is my I can. There's eyes all over it. One of my ladies, Jeannie McGawkey, made this for me back in 1973 or 4. It's my eye can. I have it on my desk with pens in it, but I don't have it on my desk. I have it stuffed in here from a sermon. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That was back whenever we were starting a church, and we were in an old hotel, and uh, it was condemned. <laughs> and uh, people, there were some, you know, people that stayed in there, and I always remembered... Uh, you know, if the, you had to go to the bathroom, it was on the second floor. There was no elevators. And um, I remember the one lady went upstairs to go to the bathroom, and there was a guy sitting in there. And the door was open. He goes, don't worry, lady, about a minute, and I'll be out. <laughs> That's kind of a hotel it was, you know. <laughs> Just a minute, lady, I'll be out. <laughs> so, you know, I can do all things. We can start a church even in an old hotel. So, uh, no matter what, it's a sure and steady thing. All right. A firm, firmly established, steadfast. This is sure again. Reliable, trustworthy, a sure friend. Having no doubt. It's confidence. Not to be, doubt, not to be doubted. We are certain. Seems like the same word, but it's different. Having no doubt is confident. Not to be doubted is certain. Bound to happen. It's inevitable. Um, bound as if by fate. Sure to win. So whenever we think about we are uh, we are of a sure and certain faith. 
We are of a sure and certain faith. It is promised by God to see us through, to lead us, to guide us as your day is, so shall your strength be. So that no matter what we face, we have the strength for the day. We have the strength for the day. That's how it is. God has promised, I will give you the strength for the day. And as your day is, so shall your strength be. God will give us the manna for the day. <laughs> and tomorrow the manna is going to be there. Well, in uh, Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 1, it says, By entering through faith into what God has already wanted to do for us, which is set us right with him, make us fit for him, we have it all together with God. We have it all together with God because, our ma- because of our master Jesus. You see, it is a sure and certain thing that we have it all together. <laughs> you know, if I bet if I ask you, do you have it all together? And every one of us, not everyone, but what everybody else would say, not really. <laughs> because having it all together doesn't look like this. <laughs> you know? Having it all together doesn't look like this. You know, if I were had it all together, I would have this in line, that would line, and, you know, I, all my house would be cleaned up and the book, books would all be gone from my garage. I can't even pull my car in. <laughs> the garage, the neighbor, walked by this morning and was talking to Rhonda, and, and he says, well, I've noticed you had your cars out. Is there something wrong? He says, well, all the stuff, our books, I can't lift them. He says, I'll come over and help you. <laughs> He's going to help me, but I think it's afternoon and I have some help for people who come and eat cookies. You know, I got to help put, put the books in the, in the back of the truck. But, um, but he, was, he was wondering what went wrong, why we weren't putting our cars in the garage, and so he was going to come and help. Well, God is saying that we enter through faith into what God has already wanted to do for us. What does God want to do for us? This is, you know, this is different because often we think, well, what can I do for God? that he will pay me for. <laughs> See? If I go to church today and I put money in the offering, he owes me. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, you can keep, you know, God is, doesn't owe us. What God is doing is whenever we are serving God and going, coming here, we are learning and our faith is increasing and our, our life is getting better because we know promises and we know sure things that are happening that God will never leave me so therefore no matter what I face he is here he is with me no matter where I go he's going to be there and you know and I said this in Sunday school I think of I think of Jonah you know how that um, Jonah wanted he's trying to run away from God you know he's not going to do what God wants because God wants him to go to Nineveh he hates Nineveh he knows what those people have done to his, his family and his ancestors, and he does not want God to have mercy on them, so he's not going to go tell them about God. So he takes off a boat in the opposite way. And, of course, we know that he, gets, he does a deep six into the ocean. It's all over, dead. I am not going to Nineveh. And next thing you know, he's in the belly of a prepared fish. And... Um, Somewhere in there, you read the book of Jonah, and you see how that he changes his mind about going to Nineveh. There's just something about being slowly digested. <laughs> you, know, you know, all that krill, and you know, some people, you know, the, some people have it that he's sitting in the well of the, 
He's sitting in the belly of the whale and just like uh, thinking, you know. <laughs> I just see him up, up all side, upside down and, you know, fishy, skimy stuff all through him and, you know, it's all over him and, you know. Can I make that more of a word picture? You know, slimy, slimy stuff upside down and being crushed and, you know, seaweed and krill and all these little things all over him, you know. And he says, I think, he says, he says in there, I know that I will see God. I know that I will go and worship God. He, he had a change, of, he has a change of heart. And in the worst of the worst, in the pressures of the deep, <laughs> he, he knows that he's going to return to Jerusalem and he's going to worship God. That is in the middle of this being digested. <laughs> now, it's after that that he's throw, the, the whale spits him up and he's on the, he's on the, uh, the uh, beach and he heads to, uh, and heads to Nineveh. But you see, Jonah wanted to run away from God. He determined he was going to run away from God. He ran away from God. And God still just kind of caught him up short and said, Jonah... I got you, <laughs> and I want you to do this. And, and I think here we are wanting to do the will of God. I mean, we're not running from God. We, we, we fall and falter and do all that kind of human stuff. But God has us in his hand, and he wants us. He wants to bless us. You see, by entering through faith into what God has already wanted to do for us, by faith we are asking God, what do you want to do for us? Now, and I know we have to, God, I surrender all. What do I need to do for you? We're giving, we have to give our life to him. You know, we can't just simply run off and do whatever and think that God's going to be there, but we give our life to him. And in turn, one more, somewhere in here, it says that as I turn towards God, my biggest discovery is he's already turned toward me. He's already turned towards, he's already got us in mind. And so whenever I turn towards God, boom, bingo, there he is, he's already there. <laughs> and in our lives, he's, he's there wanting to help us and direct us. And, and what's he want to do here? You know, what God has always wanted to do for us. God has always wanted to do this for us. He's, from, the, from, the, from creation, <laughs> He's wanted to do this for you. He's wanted to bless your life in such a way that you will honor him with who you are and bless other people. If we've got enough just for ourselves, it's not enough. In, uh, in uh, Elisha, we talked about this last week, Elijah, Elijah, it's Elijah, he's the first one. I can't remember if it's Elijah. I get him always confused. But anyhow, the, the woman who had the cruise of oil had a little jar, and he says, go, go bring in all the jars that you can from the neighborhood. And when you get as much as you can, then as many jars as you can, shut the door. Well, the idea is that the prophet was saying that whatever little bit you got, you're going to pour it in, you're going to fill up all these jars. And a jar in those days is 20, 30 gallons. You know, so... She was pouring it in, and what she was pouring in was going, she was going to sell most of it to pay off her indebtedness and then use the rest to live on. 
the, the, I think it's the only time, I said this last week, I think it's the only time that, that I know of that she controlled how much of God's blessing she was going to get by how many jars she went to get. So sometimes I think we tell God, okay, here it is, God, fill it up. <laughs> That's all I got. Fill it up, and it'll be enough for me. God has, that's nothing. He's got oceans full. And, and then he wants, you know, here, use this, use this. And it's for, not only for us to have a little drink, it's for us to bestow on others. So you see, we need, we need to be <laughs> bigger, <laughs> expansion, that it's not about me, it's about how the God is going to use me to bless other people so that their lives can be blessed. You say, God is the one who gave this to me to give to you so that your life can be better. Enter through faith into what God has already wanted to do for you. Enter into, by faith, we're asking God, what is it that you want to do for me? It's a sure thing. (laughs) It's a sure thing that God wants to do for you. All right? And and he wants, first of all, to set us right with him and to make us fit for him. Make us right, forgive us, make us fit that we separate ourselves from sin. We separate ourselves from evil, and we have it all together with God because of our master, Jesus. You see, God, we're putting this together. It's through Christ. It isn't through magic, and it's not through the lottery. It's through Christ. Christ is going to bestow his blessing, and that's not all. We we throw open our doors to God. (laughs) We throw open our doors to God and discover that at the same moment that he has already thrown open his doors to us. (laughs) We're throwing our doors open to God to get to receive from God and God's already got his doors open throwing it at, not throwing it, but bestowing us. You know, has it in, he has it all lined up there to bring it into our life. And it's not, and, and it's not just things, it's, it's, it's intellectual qualities, it's spiritual qualities, it's, it's blessings and, and, and peace of mind and heart and, and gifts that we have that we can bestow upon others, that it's going to continue to bless and, and, and bring honor to God and to others. So, and discover that at the same time, it's a discovery. <laughs> I discover that God wants to bless me. You know, it's not the last rites. <laughs> you know, this is, you know, God is, God is anointing me. I think I'm going to die. No, he's, <laughs> he's anointing us because we have something to do. We have a purpose for which we live. And our purpose involves doing with our hands and walking with our feet and thinking with our mind and seeing and going and blessing and giving and receiving. You know, you can't give if you don't have. That's a great principle. (laughs) I thought of that, you know, right here. You can't give unless you don't have. If you don't have, you can't give. You have to have to give. So we give out of what we have. What if it's just a nickel? What if it's a dime? What if it's a smile? What if it's a handshake? It's good to see you. What if it's just some little thing? See, you all have it. 
And so, and, and, and we find ourselves standing where we always hoped that we might stand. Now, here's a question. Where do you hope you will be in five years, ten years? Where do you hope you will be? What is your hope? What is the expectation? What is the dream in your heart? You know, where is it that you want to be? Well, maybe it is a certain place, but where do we want to be spiritually? Where do we want to be in our abilities to bless others? Where do we see ourselves growing to? You see, in order to get there, we have to grow through change. And because we grow through change doesn't mean that it's bad. It's that we give thanks in the change so that in the process of becoming, we don't pass it by. Because if we're not grateful for what we have, how will we see what we're getting? There's more to come. Well, let's back up a little bit. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory. (laughs) Out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory. Faced and uh, we are... Free, we are receiving this free and unmerited. God's nature, God's character. We are receiving it because it's God and he gives it to us free, no strings attached. We didn't merit it. It is the favor of God as manifest in the salvation of sinners and bestow and bestow of blessings. So whenever we are receiving the the grace of God, it is that we are receiving, God is bestowing on us his grace and his blessings, and we can't earn it, and we can't deserve it. It's just God giving it. Amen. (laughs) It is a time of blessing. God's unmerited divine assistance. That's what it's defined as, grace. It is Grace is unmerited divine assistance, a virtue coming from God, virtue of God by the authority of God being bestowed upon us. That's his grace and his mercy. It is by his virtue and by who he is and by he has the legal right. (laughs) He has the legal right to bless you because he owns you. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I own you, and and, and that we've given our life freely to him. He owns us in that we've given our heart to him, and his desire in owning us is to bless us, not to take from us, but to give. Shall we stand? The last verse there says, hope, verse 5, I believe it is, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God has given us the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God abides within us. The same Spirit to raise Christ from the dead will quicken our bodies. It is God's Spirit in us that is bestowing the blessing on us and helping us to become And you don't earn it. He just blesses us because of who he is and whose we are. Now, you know, and I I just, I know, (laughs) you know, this isn't, um, um, 
uh, a Christmas message where the, uh, the glorified grandfather in heaven with the long beard is just giving out to his kids because he has to get something from them, you know. <laughs> Here, have a hundred, have this, have that. No, it is, a, it is our Father who wants to bless us, and he has been planning on blessing us so that his blessing in us will establish our work for him and continue to be something that we give. I, I think of a teacher. You teach a, a child, and that child will use what you give for the rest of their life. And in the same process, they will be teaching others, whether they teach their own kids or their neighbor kids or their children. It will be something that continues to go on, and you don't even know that it's there. You just put it in. You put it in their life at that period of time of their life, and they use it, and it uses, and they use it over and over again. Do they ever think of you? They don't think of you again. You know, maybe they say, well, you know, I remember I had so-and-so in such a grade, but God has been doing that in us from the very beginning. From the moment we gave our life to Christ, he has been developing, he has been giving us his grace and his mercy, taking the good qualities of who we are and developing them. And he continues to do them over and over again. And we do the good things of our life as if, well, it's just second nature, first nature. Amen? Father, thank you for the blessings of this day. Thank you for the gifts you've given to our lives. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that teaches us and guides us into all truth. God, it is a sure and certain. <laughs> it is a sure and certainty of our faith, knowing that, God, you will work in and through us. You will touch our bodies and heal us. You will give us wisdom and understanding. You will anoint us with your spirit, quicken our hearts and minds. God, you will t make the touch of our life where we touch others, something supernatural and something that is very gracious in your sight. Bless us that we might be blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you.